I've been told it's a good idea to start a speech with a joke. Well, don't get your hopes up. I'm not here to tell jokes. I'm here to pick a fight. Carried along, good play, it's Clifton. Clifton holding onto it, his shot scores! Connor Clifton with a brilliant individual effort. Let's go! Welcome back to another episode of the Boston Bee Party. I'm David Rodriguez. With me, as always, my co-host, Tyler Scales. Tyler, how are you doing this morning? Doing good. Excellent. Glad to hear that. Bruins kind of sucked this past couple of uh, these past four games, but we'll get into that in a minute. Just cleaning up a couple of things from last week. We had touched on John Carlson being the first star of the month. We didn't touch on anybody else. So um, three stars of October were John Carlson with 23 points in 14 games. Number two was David Pasternak with yeah Parster, David Pasternak with 24 points in 12 games, and Leon Dreisaitl was the third star of the month, 25 points in 14 games. All pretty fair, right there, I think. Yeah, John Carlson's probably the best defenseman in the league right now. He's Absolutely. had such a significant point streak in every single game he's been in. I don't think it was any game he's just had zero points. He just keeps finding the open man. He he plays with a bunch of star players in the offensive zone, such as T.J. Oshie. You know, Ovi yep. and Nicholas Backstrom, they just always find a way to get in the net. Yeah, Washington's a pretty stacked team and has been for a few years. It's been a little surprising that they weren't winning the Cup until two seasons ago. But, you know, yeah. it was good to see them get it, and that's enough for them. Now I want ours. Moving on to Pasternak, we all know him. Month of October, two-point-a-game player, 12 goals, 12 assists. That's beautiful. Can't ask for yeah, much and more. As you remember, he had four goals and won the game against, I believe, against the Anaheim Ducks. Believe, forgive well, me if I'm wrong. Yeah, I think he was the only player to score in that game, and that's where they started. Uh, everybody started really talking about needing secondary scoring. Yeah. Uh, and last but not least, the third star, Leon Dreisaitl. twelve goals, thirteen assists, twenty-five points, playing with Connor McDavid. That's got to be one hell of a lineup there, huh? I know, and we'll talk about the latest game later. Absolutely. Um, the other thing I wanted to touch base on, as we mentioned, but never really got into, was the Global Series. Uh, Tampa Bay and Buffalo played in Stockholm, two games. Tampa Bay won them both, 3-2 to two on Friday and 5-3 to three on Saturday. I don't really get to see very many Global games. I don't really get to watch many of the out-of-North America games. Uh, I'm not sure about you, but the reason I want to bring this up is it was announced that next year to start... The 2021 season, Boston and Nashville will be playing in the Czech Republic. Um, Boston's training camp is actually going to start in Germany, and they will play an exhibition game against Alder Mannheim. And then Nashville will have training camp in Switzerland and an exhibition game against SC Bern. If I got those wrong, I apologize to teams that i have know absolutely nothing about yeah that's got me uh, pretty excited for the next season it's always good to uh go out to the uh, other countries and just play against other international teams just see how the competition is over there yeah uh, it's unfortunate like i said i don't really get to see the games now that i have a dvr uh, i'll at least see these games um i had friends who actually went the last time boston was in the czech czech republic they actually went over there and brought me back a scarf. It's a Boston Bruins and a Anaheim, uh, Arizona Coyotes scarf. It's kind of cool. I don't wear scarves, so it's just been collecting dust in my trophy room. But, you know, that's probably my one big trophy. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, your thoughts on the Global Series? 
Um, I, I, as I said, it's, I'm pretty excited to see what happens with Boston going to Germany and training, and also going to the Czech Republic. They uh, have quite a bit of good players from Czech Republic. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, they were in Stockholm because there was several players on uh, Buffalo and one player in Tampa Bay from Sweden. From Tampa Bay, it was uh, Victor Hedman. In Buffalo, it was Linus Ulmark, Rasmus Dahlin, Marcus Johansson, uh, Johan Larsson, and Victor Olsson, all from Sweden. Yeah, most of those players you mentioned, they're all very good. I know Rasmus Rastolian is an amazing defenseman. I heard he was talking a lot. Yeah, what was he, the, the number one pick for Buffalo a couple years yeah, ago? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Just um, him and uh, Jake Eichel together. That's very good. Two-star players. Jack Eichel. Jack Eichel, did you, excuse did you me. say Jake or did I just hear that? I said Jake Eichel. All right, just just forgive sure. me if I'm wrong. No, all good. We, you know I love you, buddy. Um, so uh, we are going to get into the Boston Bruins. What the bleep losing streak, four-game losing streak. Um, we will start in a moment with the Detroit game. But first, I just want to remind everybody to follow us on Twitter, at BostonBParty1 on Twitter. It's at Boston B Party 1, two capital Bs and a capital P and the number 1. So getting into it, Detroit game, I told you it was going to be a trap game. It was. I think it was even worse than a trap game. I don't even – I don't think they – I think once Krejci scored a minute nine into the game, and we can listen to that. Solark turns to the forehand, finds Krejci at the dot. The shot scores! 109 into the game. That was a beautiful pass from um, Solaric. That was a beautiful pass from Solaric. And I just think that after that, it just went downhill. Detroit just had more to play for, it seemed like. No, I feel like such a fool. I said 6-2, Boston would beat Detroit. Yeah, you were texting me when I was at work. I couldn't help but laugh. Um, one of the things that was kind of baffling for me in that game was uh, they had Stephen Camper play. He was in for a last-minute scratch, Richie. I, I understand that it was a last-minute scratch. I know that uh, right wing and defenseman are two different animals, but you didn't even rotate. Cassidy didn't even rotate Camper into the defensive mix. He played no minutes, no seconds. Yeah, the, the game seemed like, the Boston's lines were like not really functioned well. They weren't functioning very well during this game at all. Yeah, they were jumbled all night, so it's really hard to get a consistency there. So, I mm-hmm. mean, I, I, if we can pull up the stats if you want. I, I kind of just want to move on from it. I just wanted to get my quick thought, your, your quick thoughts on the yeah, game. Go ahead, Dave. It's kind of hard to win a game when you're losing by two and you only take four shots in the third period whether they were missed shots or not i don't know yeah the offensive line is we're never not there tonight and they weren't there for the rest of the fucking games no they really weren't yeah we thought um, we're going pg today but no no when was the last time you went pg it was like week one yeah when i was a nervous boy the the other thing that i i noticed in that game uh was Pasternak took at least two, maybe three offensive zone penalties, which was a trend that carried over the next couple of games. Yeah, that it's just it's just a bit, unfortunately a bad stretch of play for him right now. Uh, I was listening to the radio. I think it was I, I don't even want to say who because I'm not 100 percent sure, and I don't want to put words in people's mouths. 
but they were saying that Pasta's not strong on the puck. He's never going to be. I, I think Pasta has played pretty well as far as defensively. Yes, he's probably 70% offense, 30% defense, but I thought his 30% defense had been well. Unfortunately, three offensive zone penalties, that's terrible time to take a uh, yeah. penalty. I'm going to be honest. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't think Pasta and I could play well at all these last couple of games we uh, predicted we – I predicted that Boston would win all games. Instead, I was uh, wrong, and they lost all games. Yeah, I was wrong, too. I, I said five out of six points, and they got two out of six points. So we're, yeah. we're, we're both in the, the shithouse on that one. Uh, anything else from this terrible Detroit game? They they had nine points coming into the game, and you gave them two more. I, like, yeah, I got nothing do, more to say Do you have anything this. else to say about that no. crap game? All right, let's go on to the Philly game. The Philly game started off exactly like the Detroit game. Two crap periods. You ended up with a crappy overtime, only one shot in overtime. Another disallowed goal. Another disallowed goal. Another disallowed goal. I can't. Yeah. I, it, the words to me, I just, I can't even. Yeah, and sadly, I've been keeping up with how many we've had. I believe that is the fifth or sixth the disallowed s- goal. The sixth, sir. The sixth, sir. And uh, I believe that was for Connor Clifton. Uh, Clifton took the original shot, came in, his skate pulls, I believe Hart was in that, Corey Hart, is it Corey Hart? Pulls yeah. him a little to the side, and then Parlindholm comes in and gets the puck in. So what I got from in between periods listening to the broadcast with uh, Dale Arnold, Billy Jaffe, and oh goodness, who was the other person on the broadcast that night? Oh, Andrew Raycroft. Excuse me, Ray, Mr. Raycroft. I apologize. I can't believe I forgot about you. If it wasn't for you, we would not have Tuka Rask. They were, they were saying it was the right call because, yes, there was only a little bit of interference, but you could clearly see Clifton pulling Hart away from the post. After the game, listening to the post game, same three guys, they were saying that the actual call was that Lindholm pushed Hart's pad over the goal line, which is why it was a no goal. And then we can listen to Cassidy right now and hear his thoughts on the no call on the ice. Is there was no call. Uh, they huddle up, uh, have their conversation, which, you know, you want them to get the call right. So, But th- there should be some sort of call on the ice originally, and then you work from there. And- so, yeah, you hear him right there. Just no call on the ice. Nobody in the entire building knows what's going on. I think the NHL needs to do a much better job of telling the fans and the players, but the fans in the stadium and the fans watching on TV, of what the hell is going on. Like, yeah, it's, it, just, it gets them confused and gets me confused as well, and I just get disappointed when I see another disallowed goal. Yeah, I, I thought it was another tickle the feather goaltender interference call. Yeah, can we talk about that rascal from the Canadians? I didn't forget about that one. Which one? The Canadians one. Yeah, you know what? I did not get to actually see the Canadians game. I think I may have mentioned it last week. So what happened on that? There was a bit of goaltender interference there, just plain in sight. But apparently the referee didn't let Cassidy just let the goal be reviewed. Oh, is that one? Happen. Is that another one where they were saying that it was our? Is that the one they said Chara pushed our player in? Yeah, that one. Uh, pushed the player into the goaltender. Yeah, I mean, it it sounds it seems so ticky tacky. One of the, one of the games in the last 
the last couple. I I can't remember if it was Philly or Florida, but there was a lot of just ticky tack goal, uh, ticky tack penalties, untimely penalties. I think it was the Florida game because I mean we'll get to that just absolute oh, train wreck. I don't want to talk about know, this game uh, at all. after the I break. Wanna... I just can't. I just yeah. really can't. Do you want to talk about it now? Just get it over with. No, let's let's get back to this Philadelphia game. Yeah, Boston goes down what too early to Philadelphia. Yeah, Boston looks out of sync early and often throughout the first two periods. Bad turnovers, inability to sustain any offensive pressure. The defensive zone breakdowns were just they're back. That's been a theme for the last couple of games. They look much better in the third period with more crisp passes, better defensive structure. It all ends up leading to Marshawn's game-tying goal. Uh, but first, Heinen gets us on the board with a pretty pretty nice wraparound goal. Let's hear Jack call that one. Coyle dangles out high. Gostaspare chases. Coyle throws it in. And Heinen spins the puck into the goal. The Bruins are halfway back. You know, a real nice play by Coyle. Gets it into the net. Doesn't have a great play. Gets it on net. Heinen finds it, spins it in. I pretty goal. I know a lot of. I yeah. know. I know some of our some of my friends like Jimmy Shea, uh, Blown Lines podcast isn't a huge fan of Heinen. That's okay. Everyone's entitled to their opinions. Yeah, Heinen has been having some on and off games recently. I believe he's more of an off player some games, but he does tend to get the puck in the net. He's had some good, had some good parts in yeah. games and had some bad parts, of course, but. He's your sixth leading scorer right yeah. now. Uh, four goals, four assists, eight points. Yeah, as I said, he's a not enough player. I, I can understand why people don't I like think, him on the Bruins. Sorry. I think I may have said this before, uh, and I'll say it again. I think his rookie season has done him some damage because he popped out to, what, 47 points, I think it was, and then the following year he was – last year he was 35-ish. I'm not 100% sure off the top of my head. Yeah. I think people look at him bad like that. Again, I still think he's great defensively for us. Mm. If we want to get into uh, not scoring, we could talk about Charlie Coyle. Uh, I believe there was uh, some talk about him taking more shots. That he was recently moved up to the Krejci line with Heinen on the right wing, uh, on the left wing, and Coyle on the right wing, and he gave up a shot and he passed the puck, and it was just too tight. He had a much better opportunity i'll take a look at that and we'll discuss that more in a minute back to this uh philly game i told you last week how much i hate philly um you know you get into overtime and they just they went back to looking sloppy after having a good third period they they look sloppy they only get one shot in overtime again i said it about the detroit game how are you going to win a game if you're not taking shots four shots in the third period against detroit one shot in overtime against philadelphia Philly, they're they're a good team. They're middle of the pack right now. Uh, I think top in the top of the um, the wild card structure. If I'm wrong on that, we'll take a look by the end of the game, by the end of the night tonight. It's just, I I, I don't know. I don't even know what to say. Like, yeah, I, I, so inconsistent lately. Yeah, leaves me speechless. Yeah, as you can see, I'm tripping over trying to find the right words to say <clears throat> about this, and, and I just can't. You know, um, it's just so disappointing to see our Bruins had just a amazing start to the season, and then all of a sudden now we're just starting to fall off the cliff. Yeah, we have the. Uh, I woke up uh, to being called out by intern Jimmy on Twitter. 
again, our friend Jimmy Shea from the Blown Lines podcast, you know, where was Tuca? So I responded back to him. I said, where was the rest of the team? There was no 60-minute effort from the team in that game, in any of these games, really. Um, I, I Versus Detroit, sorry, I'm tripping over my own words again. Versus Detroit, after that first nine minute, minute and nine seconds, Krejci scores a goal, and you really don't see the team for the rest of the game. You go into Philadelphia, the first two, the first two periods of the game are just garbage, and then the third period they look they look like they're getting back into sync, and then overtime crap again. So yeah, and Jimmy said Heinen has also been trashed. Like no one else has been trashed. Yeah, he thinks he's been like the worst player out of everybody. Yeah, and I tend to disagree about that. I think I believe everybody has not been playing well. Heinen's been he's one of them. He's been playing bad these past three games. Although I think he's had some decent parts in the game, but you can't just personally call him trash. It's like he has some personal beef with him. Yeah, he absolutely does. He's got more of a beef with Tuka Rask, which, you know what, Tuka did not have a good week. These la- this yeah. last stretch of two or three games, he has just been bad. Some soft goals, the goal uh, to bring it to 4-3 to three against, I think it was 4-3 to three against Florida, was just a, a bad read. Puck just goes right under his pad. He's right next to where the guy's shooting. So, again, we'll get to that atrocious Florida game in a couple of minutes. Uh, But one thing I did want to talk about from that Philly game as well is Pasternak. Pasternak gets a late penalty shot. And did you see it? Yeah. Like, what the fuck was going on there? Seriously. Like, he comes down the left wing side, comes in front, Hart shows five hole, and he holds on to it and then shoots it right into his pad Uh, it just he looks like he's gripping the stick too tight he's trying to do too much i i mentioned the first line getting too cute with the power play a couple weeks ago like what's what's your opinion on pastanak right now because there was a lot of talk about him also not being in the florida shootout yeah i believe during that like penalty that penalty shot i don't think he he needs practice on his shootout because I think he uh, he looks like he can score a lot, but maybe it's just because he just gets a good pass or mm-hmm. that, that one timer his is just out of control. You know, yeah, like, he just knows when to shoot during like a pass or something. He knows where to go, but maybe when he's like a like during like a a breakaway or he's alone, he just doesn't know what to do there. And you saw him with the, one of his goals. He like had a really nasty one at one point. I forget what game it was, but. Oh, the one where he uh, backs in, puts it between his legs, and yeah. then pops it up and in. Yeah, that was a great goal. I forget who that came against. That might have been goal of the year, um, as far as I'm concerned, for, well, for the Bruins, Bruins least, player. Yeah. Yes. Um, so, you know, and he does almost the same thing in the shootout of the Philadelphia game, where he comes down that left wing side and starts to come in, but then he tries to backhand it blocker side, and he goes wide of the net. So... Him and I sometimes see Marshawn just try and slide at five hole as opposed to taking a shot. The Bruins have been absolutely horrendous. I believe they're like one for 11 or one for 12, something like that, in the shootout this year. The only yeah, goal was Coyle the other night against Florida. So yeah, That's the only one they've had, only one goal in the shootout. No wins. Nobody else can just yeah. capitalize. I, I think they just need to... If you want to come in fast, you want to do the serpentine route, whatever you want to do, take a shot. Stop trying to just slide the puck in. Take a yes, shot. I, take it a little earlier. Don't make that one extra move. See what happens. You never know. 
uh, Marshawn had a goal the other night where he just turned into the circle and rips it cross corner, high, off the post and in. Yeah, and when you see like most of the players like during like an arm man rush, they just mostly pass. They don't shoot. They don't. They always hesitate to shoot because they don't know where to shoot it at. You've seen players like Steven Stamkos just shooting. You know when he sniped Halak, I believe. That just ended the game for us. That's a loss. Yeah. Um, during and also during the uh, Philadelphia game, one of the rookies for their team just put it right past Rass. Just simple. Yeah. So I, I mean, I think I'm just all done with the shootout. It was it was kind of yeah. fun at first. Um, I I grew up watching ties. So when they switched to the shootout, I was like, oh, that's fun. But now I think it takes away from the penalty shot. The penalty shot used to be the most exciting play in hockey because it was so rare. Now it happens at least six times a game, three times a week for some for some teams, you know, Yeah. because of the shootout. And it's just a skills competition. These guys bust their asses for 60 to 65 minutes, and it's all decided on who's the trickiest with the puck by themselves against the goaltender. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm done with the shootout as much as I'm done with the good old-fashioned video replay. Uh, two things that I think the sport needs to get rid of or they really need to button down on how it should be going because the, the replay sucks. We've been talking about that for a while now. We heard Cassidy talk about it a little earlier about at least at least let them know what's going on before you go to replay so that you can have the proper information before you challenge. <clears throat> Excuse me. Moving on in this game, the third period of that game was great. They put up 13 shots. They tie it up. One shot in overtime. What the hell? I, th- I don't know if I can say that enough. Good things from that game. We had Paul Lindholm and uh, Joachim Nordstrom return. They sent uh, Peter Soralek back down to Providence. What did you think about Soralek? He was uh, decent. I didn't know what to say about him. Yeah, I, I don't know really what to say. I think his pass to Krejci in that Detroit game was a was a great heads up play, a smart play. I didn't. I I haven't really seen too much from him. Uh, yeah, I, I unfortunately I am starting to think he might be one of them career AHL players, um, which would suck, in my opinion. Yeah, Just to be I, in the AHL forever. Um, this was the game that we saw Coyle move to Krejci's right wing with Heinen on the left. I thought that was going to be a little bit more for Coyle to start shooting as opposed to having to be the center of the ice playmaker. Just any other thoughts about this Philly game? Like, I, again, no, I, I just want to stop I, talking about I don't, these I don't past like games. Philly. All right. Uh, Boston Bee Party, Dave Rodriguez with Tyler Scales. We have just gone over the Detroit and Philadelphia games from last week. Two losses, one in overtime, one being a what I called a trap game. Tyler, I think, would now really agree with me. He said he was kind of embarrassed about his prediction. I, I was embarrassed about my predictions over these last three games too, so don't feel bad about that, buddy. You can check us out at Boston Bee Party 1 on Twitter. That's at Boston Bee Party, two capital Bs and a capital P in the number one. We're going to take a quick break and be right back. Marshawn to Krejci, cross ice, Bjork's shot, scores! Charlie Coyle on the doorstep making sure. I'm not sure who's going to get credit for this, but it'll be somebody wearing black and gold, and it's 3-0, and that stranglehold.
McAvoy must score. Off the post and out, and Florida has a team builder. Down four goals coming into the final period. The Panthers rally to tie it and win in a shootout. Welcome back to the Boston Bee Party. I'm David Rodriguez. With me, as always, is my co-host, Tyler Scales. We have been recapping the Detroit and Philadelphia losses uh, that the Bruins have suffered in the last week. We have also kind of touched base about this Florida game, and you have just heard the last call from Jack Edwards on Nesson of the Florida game. Boston now with four straight losses. I feel that this one we're about to talk about is absolutely inexcusable. You're up 4 nothing going into the fourth, the third period, and you fucking blow it. Like, come on. Really? Like, what happened? We can go, we can go through it, but quick thoughts? Yeah, they fucking choked this game. I don't know what happened during that third period. Absolutely unacceptable. They were playing so well in the first and second period, but then all of a sudden, it just went downhill like immediately. First 10 minutes, I believe they had three goals, and then later on, they just tied it. And then, you know what happened after that? They went to the damn shootout, and they, of course, to no one's surprise, they just blow it. Absolutely well, choked this I, game. I mean, I, I have to say I was a little surprised. I definitely heard some people talking on the radio about how after Florida scored the first goal, I think it was Felger and Maz on this one. I will actually say them on this one. Um, I'm pretty sure it was Felger and Maz who were talking the other day about how that first goal, and they just knew that they were going to lose the game. That's a little extreme for me. Every Opinions are like assholes. Everyone has one, and that's cool. You're entitled yeah, to your own that opinion. That is my opinion. I believe they did choke this game. Oh, I, I agree, too. I just didn't I didn't feel it until I saw it was 4-3. to three. I was working at the time. I don't know if I've mentioned to anybody out there in radio land. Uh, the way I've, unfortunately, with my schedule, I work at night, so I'm watching the games either the next morning or a day or two later due to the fact that my schedule is kind of up and down right now. So everybody already has their opinions formed. So I am reading stuff, listening to stuff, and then I got to go back in and rewatch the game and make my own opinion. So it's kind of a pain in the balls for me that way, but I really enjoy what I'm doing right now. So quick recap of the game. Having lost three straight games going into this one, they were, Boston was looking to turn the ship around. After a good first period ending uh, with the 0-0 tie, everything looked good. Defensive structure some good offensive zone time. Uh, and then with just over eight minutes to go in the second period, Pasternak scores his 16th of the year. Let's listen to that. Bergeron sends Pasternak ahead with Marshawn. He scores! David Pasternak has his 16th. That was just a beautiful uh, no-look pass right there, if you ask me. Uh, the goal, excuse me, comes down. You got the goaltender thinking he's going to pass it over to Marshawn coming up the slot, and he just rips it right under the blocker, I believe. Uh, about two minutes later, you have Joachim Nordstrom back uh, on his second game, I believe. Makes a nice play at the offensive blue line, leading to his goal, his second of the year. Anders Bjork a few minutes later. Adds his third of the year uh, on the power play, and then with 29 seconds left in the second period, good old captain Zdeno Chara makes it 4 nothing with his fourth of the year. So after four goals in the last eight minutes of the second period, Boston gives up a goal in the first minute 
of the third period, opening the door for a Florida comeback, two power play goals, some of those penalties, very questionable. And then I, I think I mentioned earlier that third goal to make it four to three was just it that was the worst goal I've seen by Rask in a little while. Yeah, He's he, thinking shot doesn't get his pad down on the ice where it's supposed to be and the yeah, puck you know just what? flutters right underneath. Right it. now I want to talk about Tuka Rask. Okay. He has currently had sixteen goals against in his last five games. Yeah, we were touching on that a little bit because the Halak had given up four and four in his not this past game. He only gave up three, I believe. Um, but still, that's that's a lot of goals to be given up. So yeah, back, especially back to your thoughts on Tuka. So right now he has every game he's had about thirty shots or near that margin, and he's in the old last in in the Ottawa game. You could speak into the mic, buddy. We can't hear you. Yeah, in the in the Ottawa game, he had Tyler's first day. Everybody. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> it is rookie over here. Uh, anyway, in the Ottawa game, he had about thirty-two shots. He only had 30 saves, which is good. And then in the San Jose game, he only had 16 shots. I believe he had a shutout during that game. So, nope, he nope. had one goal against. San Jose was one goal, yep. Yep. That was that was the uh, Evander fucking Kane game where he just started acting like a little bitch. Yeah. And then in the Montreal game, he played terrible. He had 31 shots against, but he only had 26 saves. And the Detroit game, 31 shots again, but only 28. So he played slightly better. I think he realized he needed to play a little bit better in the Detroit game, but he didn't play too well. But I don't think the team played very well in front of him, which yeah, not not an excuse. I get it. He's an NHL goaltender making somewhere between seven and eight million dollars a year. I think it's like seven. Uh, somebody told me eight the other day, and I just didn't fact check it. But yeah, you you want to see better out of him. They're not going to be perfect for eighty-two games a year. I, I understand that, but this last stretch, they just they haven't been playing a full 60-minute yeah, effort. And, uh, back to this Florida game. Yeah. Tuka Rask, was, this is probably his worst game of the, of the season, in my opinion. Four goals against. Some of them he definitely could have gotten, especially the first two goals I think he could have gotten. But the Well, the first goal to open it up with 50 seconds into the third period, I think it was Nordstrom loses his stick. And him and Wagner made, Wagner made an exchange. So you had Nordstrom, no stick, at the top of the slot. Defending the blue line, which is a good spot for him. I was listening to Brickley talk to this, and I went back and I looked at it, and he made complete sense. You make this switch. Now you have Wagner come up with his stick to the blue line, creating extra passing lanes down by the circles, which is what led to the goal. So, I mean, just to kind of reiterate what you're saying, I, I don't really blame Tuker on that one. It was just an unfortunate guy's stick is gone. You know, it's just a bad defensive play by the fourth line, which is usually solid. Like, have we said anything bad about the fourth line all year? No, I think they played pretty decent really lately. I yeah. mean, they can definitely do better. The, I know be there was a handful of games where they weren't playing together due to injuries and whatnot, but it was just it was just unfortunately a bad a bad switch. Yeah, and you know, for an offensive fourth line, they are pretty decent. Like, they don't you don't really see the fourth line in any team just do really well, but. This one is pretty good, probably one of the best we've had with Nordstrom and Wagner and Corrali. Although I think it's switched a little bit, but Yeah, I think we've we've talked about Boston's fourth lines in the past as far as they they've had for the last probably ten years, they've had phenomenal fourth lines. Going back to the Merlot line back in 2010, 2011, when they won the cup. Um so yeah. I agree with you that it's 
it's just been a shitty, some shitty play lately. Yeah, you know what? Beth took a risk. These last two goals he had, I don't think he's to, to be blamed before at all. I mean, for the fourth goal with Keith Yandel, that was just an amazing shot. You can't save that. I, I really can't find what it was. I forget exactly how that goal went off um, for the, the fourth one of the game. But I think that was actually the one that Cassidy was the most upset about. Um, yeah, I, not, I don't blame him. Not even the Hoffman goal that I'm upset about. He was upset about the tying goal. And you you can't blame him, which kind of brings me yeah, to... Yeah, I blame that most on the defense. I be, I mean, again, that's that's a, that's a really good shot from Keith Yandel. I don't think Grass could save that, even if he was like had like a good chance to save it. But yeah, this is your chance to get that goal. I, you'll forgive me. I'm going to have to defer to you on that one. I'm just, I'm not able to recall exactly how that happened you also you're listening to the boston bee party with david rodriguez and tyler scales we're discussing the uh god-awful week that the bruins had last week three three losses last week four going back to the montreal game uh follow us on twitter at boston bee party one that's at boston bee party one on twitter so i know there's been a lot of injuries going on lately for us uh for us for the bruins we are with the bruins are without DeBrusque, Krug, Bacchus, Richie, Coleman, Miller, Moore, and now Seneshin is out. Um, they had to bring up Vakaninen to help cover Krug's disappearance. We've seen Solaric. We've seen Bjork is up. He's been doing pretty well for us. Seneshin, I think, has been playing pretty well. Unfortunately, he's yeah. injured. I think he's actually out for at least four weeks. Yeah, and this is where they called up Trent Frederick. Trent Frederick is going to come back up. We're going to see a look at him at wing coming up. Uh, we have Nordstrom and Lindholm who were out for a few games. We talked about it last week about how St. Louis was starting to feel the injury bug after the long playoff run. I think it's Boston's turn. You yep. know, The last few years they've had... Quite a few number of injuries. Uh, they've been able to power through it for the most part. Yeah, but the, the recent call-ups, they've been playing really well recently. Anders Bork is, my opinion, the best one, obviously. Bjork. Trying to help. I have a hard... I did it a couple weeks ago, too. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, he's you, in probably you, the best one, in my opinion. Yeah, we've we've touched base, too, earlier about Solaric. I, I just... I haven't seen a ton from him in, in any of his time up here. Uh, Bjork... You know, he has played over 50 games in the NHL at this point. He's still technically considered a rookie. He has shown the ability to score. Yeah. You'd like to see the consistency from him, and I think we're starting to see it slowly with this new infusion into the NHL after spending, I think it was about 15 games in the AHL. Seneshin, uh, he was a player a lot of people talked about. Is he a bust? I don't think he is at all. I mean, I think it's too early to decide if yeah. he's a bust or not. He was a, I think when he was drafted, he was a 17, 18, 19 year old kid, something like that. He was he was pretty young when he was drafted in 2015. That draft people like to pick apart, but that draft we talked about earlier in the year brought you Carlo. It brought you DeBrusque, now Seneshin. The only person you really haven't seen from that draft has been uh, Zaboral. You saw him in training camp, and he had that's uh, a Metsa camp, I believe. You know, with all these injuries, I don't want to make excuses. Who is to blame for this latest four-game losing streak, in your opinion? Do you blame goaltending? Do you blame the team? Do you blame coaching? Well, in my opinion, I believe the coaching has been rather decent. We talked about the call-ups recently. They've been playing very well, well recently, and you know, injuries, they just come for the team. 
So you got to play with like new players. So I had to blame the goaltending in my opinion. I think they think Rask needs to step it up. Obviously, you're gonna take the easy way out and blame Rask. Okay, I'm good with that. I mean, he has played well for the team. He's been there for him for a couple of games mostly. Halak also been there a couple of times, but he's been he's been giving up goals for it each. Yeah. So it's not good, but I have to blame him most on the goaltending. They, there, there are some goals they can save, and they just weren't there to save it. Absolutely. Uh, we talked about how the goaltender's primary job is to give your team an opportunity to win on any given night. Um, what I find funny about most of these Rask takes, especially over the last couple of days, is where were you the month of the season where he was doing good? I believe he was down to a 169 goals against average coming out of October. Now he's up to a 216. It's really not a bad goals against I'm average. Just he's, just got, right now, he's just had two or three I, shitty games. Yeah, I'm just going to say, even though he's played really bad these four games, he has not played bad the whole season. No. It's just one game. I mean, I, I really went off on him for how bad he played, but. Yeah, and, and that's fair. <laughs> it's just like, one game. Like, I, I agree you're, you're entitled to your opinion. I'm not saying that he's. Not at fault over these last couple of games. He played out of his mind in the playoffs, and because they lost Game Seven, it was his fault. Yeah, by a lot, by a lot of the Tuca haters. Let's go with. Um, you don't give him credit when he deserves it, but you shit all over him when he has a when he falters. I I don't understand it. Like it's just. It it's I guess it's the Boston area. What's the old Rick Patino? This town sucks. The negativity in this town sucks. You know, Larry Bird's not coming through that door. Well, guess what? Bobby was not coming through that door unless he's given a speech. Ray Bork isn't coming through that door unless he's given a speech. These are these are your new players, okay? Tuka Rask is one of the better goaltenders this franchise has had in its history. Yes, he's had a crap week. He, like, you know, he look, knows it. He knows it. He'll yeah. take responsibility for his actions. I've seen him in the interviews. Although that he stupid comment he made when the lights went out for two seconds in Florida, I wish it had gone happened in Game 7. And that's a bad time for a joke, buddy. Sorry. That's my opinion. I think that's a lot of people's opinions. You know. Yeah. Uh, now, my blame on this recent stretch has to go to the team in front of him. There's been a lot of inconsistent play. Um, and I know there's been some injuries. Krejci's been out, has missed some time with an injury. DeBrusque has missed some time with an injury. But those are two of the players that I would look to to put some blame on. Um, obviously, DeBrusque has been out this last week, but he's only got three goals on the season. Yeah, you know what? Now that I'm saying it, another person I need to blame is David Pasternak with his penalties. He's Yeah, he's had a, he's, we talked about it earlier in this program. He's had a, a rough stretch. Uh, so I'll agree with you. I, I can't. I can't put it all on the goaltending. I, I have yeah, to. Look, I, I have to look at the game as a whole and say, well, they could have made this play. They didn't make that play. You know. Yeah, and I know I made it sound like I was blaming it most on the goaltending, but I do got to blame it on the team too. They, there were some goals that they didn't need to happen, like penalty kill. That hasn't been really good lately, in my to be honest. Yeah. So we're gonna talk about the, it. The Florida game. There was some. Definitely questionable calls throughout that entire game. In that third period, two power play goals given up on some questionable penalties. But you got to play the game that's in front of you. You took the penalty, you got to kill the penalty. They didn't. Their power play and penalty kill going into the Florida game where they were first in the league on the power play at 30%, and they were ninth in the league on the penalty kill at 85%. 
Yeah, and you know, it's in, another thing is the damn shootout record. It's not, it's not. They're not even getting a single win. They can't do anything in the shootout. Again, screw the shootout. Get rid of it. Go to a, a three on three for ten minutes, and if it's still tied, then fuck it. It's a tie. Go back to ties. All right. Uh, I heard somebody, I don't know who, so I can't give them proper credit, but I like the idea of a three-point system, uh, three points for a win, two points for a loss, and one point for an overtime loss. Because right now, you get two points for a win, whether it's overtime or shootout or regulation. And then you get the, the loser point. That it's that you get a participation trophy point anytime you lose in the shootout. You you want let's let's figure something else out. This this is crap. I don't like it. I know you don't want the game to end in a tie. You want a winner, but let let's let's figure something out. A five minute a three on three overtime. Yes, they can be exciting. Go to a ten minute three on three overtime. Seven min seven and a half minute three on three. Yeah, overtime. I think they should increase the time for the overtime, or just do the five on five play, just like the damn playoffs i think that would be really entertaining in my opinion yeah hey you want to go old school let's go back to the old five on five 20 minute period win lose or or draw or draw yeah you know so that oh i think they should do the shootout definitely but i no, i hate the shootout i'm again it takes that's that's just all you that's no it's not just me there's a lot of people out there i hear talking about it who hate the shootout but it takes away from the penalty shot again used to be the most exciting play in hockey it makes me think of uh, the old the Adam Sandler movie Big Daddy, where he gets this kid and he he's watching a hockey game. It's a shootout in a playoff game in overtime, and the kid wants to watch I don't know Barney or something. So I don't know. That's my thoughts on it. Again, everybody is entitled to their own opinion. That's my opinion on the shootout. You are okay with it. That's fine. Yeah, but for the Bruins, no, I just no. Yeah, we're oh yeah, they've been. For years, they've been terrible at it. For yeah. years, going back to Claude. So, that that's me. You're welcome to your opinion. Um, I liked what I saw from Bakkeninen the other night. Played a pretty decent game. Couple good uh, defensive plays. I think he had a good play on Yandel at one point. I'd like to see more of him. Yeah, of course. I think he's a decent player for the defenseman. I, I feel like there was a lot of talk coming out of camp last year um, that he could have made the team. Or looked well uh, good enough to make the team, but they wanted to season him a little bit in the AHL. Plus, you got a giant logjam right now of NHL defensemen. You have two that are on long term IR right now that you just you haven't even seen this year. You haven't seen since I mean Miller. I don't think you've seen since January. Yeah, and this is a thing that I don't think many like NHL fans see that the defensemen play way more than the forwards do. So. I mean, he didn't really. I mean, I know he had an assist, I believe. Who? Vatanen. 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 Did he have uh, an assist? I don't think he had an assist. I I think he was. He just had a pretty solid game. Hold on. Yeah, I think he was out there for one goal, but. Yeah, I think he was on the ice for a goal, but yeah, I don't. So I don't believe minus. that he was factored into the scoring at all. Mm. But yeah, he did. He did contribute to a goal, so that's good to see. But I mean, we haven't. We've only seen him in like one game, I believe. So. Yeah. He's played he, for one game. He's decent, and he again, he, yeah. The defense play more than the forwards, so we're definitely going to see more of him and how he does. So. Yeah, I definitely want to see more of him from him um, with Krug being out. If he's going to be out for an extended yeah, period I mean, of time, it doesn't sound like he's going to be in tonight. From anything I've set, seen over the last couple of days, 
Um, one thing I gotta say about Florida is they got some talent down there. Jonathan yeah. Huberdo, uh, Alexander Barkov, you know Keith Yandel, Aaron Ekblad, Mike Hoffman, all the guys who scored against us uh, in that game. Uh, Vincent Trocheck. That, that's a solid team. You, yeah. I believe, said last week that you didn't care about Florida, and I told yeah, you but... you needed to. This is exactly why. This is exactly why you can't count out these teams. <laughs> you know what? I'm, I said before, I said 4 nothing Boston. They had that. They blew it. <laughs> yeah. They, they listened to the podcast in between periods and said, screw you, Tyler. <laughs> that proved me wrong. You did it. Good job, Florida. <laughs> See, yeah, I'll definitely pay more attention to Florida. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You yeah, have to. They, they're a good team. I, you see, the thing is that I've seen more teams like Edmonton. You know, we can go more into the uh, other teams in the NHL. Like, they've, they, they're more, like, not- noticeable. Florida is just not that team for me. Yeah, they're, they're quietly on the on the uptick. They've been quietly on the uptick. Yeah. I think I mentioned to you, I thought they were going to be roughly where they are fighting for a playoff spot. Last year, I believe, they missed the playoffs by a couple of points at most. Um, the year before that, they had a, I believe they had a killer run at the end of the season and either made or just missed the playoffs. So, Yeah, you know, and they're not the only team for me. You know, teams like Arizona, although Phil Kessel's a star player in my opinion, so I definitely pay attention to him, but I, he's I think, really the only player I pay attention to yeah. on the Arizona Coyotes. I don't care about the rest of them. And there's also players like Nashville Predators. I don't care about them anymore. I don't really? even care to look at their games. But Really? Wow. Yeah. Where is Nashville right now? I mean, uh, maybe I third can, in the wild card out west. And by, again, they can prove me wrong. They by can, one point, when we play them, they can wake me up for their teams and watch more of their games. So yeah, when Nashville first came into the league, I was really excited about them. Uh, they've had a good stretch, a good run. Tough time sometimes in the playoffs. I think it took them a couple tries before they made it to the second round of the playoffs. Yeah, and, uh, you got Vegas, who came in <laughs> a couple years ago and just lit the world on fire. You're going to yeah. have uh, Seattle come in. Have they even named the Seattle team yet? I'm interested. No, I don't think so. If they go with something stupid like the Seattle Storm, I'm just going to just write them off immediately myself. Um, yeah, I, I, they, they're going to come up with a much cooler name than that. But I hate Seattle, in my opinion. I don't <sighs> like Seattle. What, you and don't I like? don't think, I, I said it before, I don't think I'm going to like Seattle as a hockey team. I might hate them, unlike the uh, Golden Knights. Yeah, I think it's going to be good just to even off the the league again you know odd number right now all right and you know not only the standings another team i don't care about is minnesota yeah i think i didn't even know they were still a team <laughs> wow yeah. you know you do know they used to be dallas right well dallas used to be minnesota years ago yeah the north stars uh you oh you probably knew that by watching the mighty ducks series um la has fallen off off the map um, yeah so. i've yeah they used to be a really good team but i don't know what happened to them David Rodriguez, Tyler Scales, this is the Boston Bee Party. We just went over the last three terrible games played by your Boston, yours and my Boston Bruins. Let's head around the NHL right now. I was reading the other day, Sidney Crosby is going to be out at least six weeks after having core muscle surgery. He's predicted to miss about 18 games, possibly return December 26th. That would be a nice Christmas present for Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh uh, just recently... Went without Malkin for 11 games. And, you know, Sidney Crosby is, you know, one of the better players in the NHL and has been since he's been in the league. Pittsburgh right now is sitting second in the wild card with 22 points. 
that's going to be a tough one for them. I know. Yeah, it's their captain, Cindy Crosby. Just losing them is an absolute shame. Yeah. I love Crosby as a player. I love Mal- Ovi, too. Malkin's moved up to the first line in his place. Yeah, and I think Evgeny Malkin will definitely lead this team to uh, get some wins, of course. He's definitely, I think he's, I consider him to be, like, as good as Crosby. I think Crosby's better, but I, Malkin's very close. I think those two guys help make each other. I, I They're both tremendously talented. Uh, I'm not taking anything away from either one of their games, but I, yeah. I think having those two guys as, I think, number one and number two center on their team, uh, on the top two lines there, I think I think that really has helped them over this stretch run. I mean, they won back-to-back cups a couple years ago. So it's going to be tough without them. I think they're going to keep their head. I think they'll easily keep their heads above water. Yeah, definitely. It's It's just going to be a tough stretch for the next, you know, 18 to 20 games for them. Yeah. Uh, we touched base about Connor McDavid earlier. Uh, Connor McDavid, phenomenal, phenomenal talent. Had a yeah. six-point game last night, um, including a hat-trick. It was his second hat-trick in three games. Earlier last week, he scored his 400th career point. I believe Connor McDavid is only 22 years old. And he's a captain of the Edmonton Oilers. We all know that, but that that's just insane for a 22 year old to just Holy play shit. this amazing. Him and Drysdale combined for 11 points last night. 11. Wow. You know. And they are obviously leading the points in the league. Drysdale is 41, and now Connor McDavid is second in the league with 37. He's possibly not getting even close to him right now. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's my biggest surprise of actually this entire week. You see Connor McDavid get six points. I mean, I know he's a star player, but but star players getting six points in a game, that's very rare to see, in my opinion. Yeah, it's the first time in his NHL career. And yeah, he's 22 years old. He'll be 23 in January. So, you know, again, tremendous talent. Rem- reminds me of, I don't, I don't want to go overboard and say Gretzky. I'll definitely say a Lemieux, Mario Lemieux. Yeah. You know, you get an Alexander Ovechkin there. You know, you know some Jonathan Taze, Patrick Kane, that that scoring touch that just can really elevate your team. And no, did I have a question for you? Can sure. you say Yarmir Yager on yeah. that list? Yarmir Yager. Oh my God, that guy. Yeah. Play, I mean, he's still he owns a team in the Czech Republic that he, yeah, still, he still plays, plays. for. The guy's what? He's like forty six, forty seven years yeah, old right now. Yeah, he still plays. You know, um, when he came to Boston a few years back, I just thought he looked slow, but. Nobody could knock the guy off the puck. The, yeah, his big fat ass was just sticking out there, and nobody could get around him. It was awesome. And, you know, yeah. he he looked like he was skating with uh, weights on in, in molasses. Which, funny thing is, is one of the things he does to train is he skates with like ten pound weights on each leg, or something. He skates with weight on each leg. I I don't know if it's ten pounds. So. Yeah, I love Yarmir Yager. Yeah, Yarmir Yager. You know that guy's just the ultimate uh, bachelor. <laughs> so Connor McDavid. Obviously, for me, is going to be a early candidate for MVP. Yeah, and you know what? I want to talk more about the Oilers for a minute. Sure. They may be a good team, but their goaltending is not doing too well still. I mean, I looked at the record for Mike Smith. He is currently 6-5 and five this season. Excuse me. Meanwhile, Miko Koskinen is currently 7-1, and one, which is really good, but that's going to be six losses, for, or seven, I mean, for, uh, nope, six for the Oilers. They probably have another one, but... But yeah, that's just that's that isn't really good for Edmonton Oilers. I mean, they're a star team. You think they can make the Stanley Cup Finals with Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl together? But I don't think they're even in the playoffs at all. No, you're absolutely right. You're gonna need. You're absolutely going to need 
some sort of goaltending. And if you're Mike Smith, who I believe played for Calgary last year, if he's going to not, if he's 37 year old goaltender, you know, if he's not going to pull his weight, it's going to be real hard for him. Yeah, you have to consider a scratch for that, in my opinion. I mean, I think right now the goaltending is can stay where it is at the moment, but at some point, if he continues to just play bad, you might consider a scratch and just try and bring in an AHL goalie to the, uh, to the team and see how he does. Yeah, that might be a trade that they look to make out there. Um, I know, uh, you know, six and five isn't the worst. I mean, he's got a two fifty. Smith has a two fifty three goals against and a nine fifteen save percentage. Really not that bad. Koskinen, Koskinen, excuse me, Miko Koskinen, uh, seven and one, two sixteen goals against, nine twenty eight, uh, nine twenty eight save percentage. Really not playing that bad. I don't know why Smith has more starts. Yeah. I mean, Koskinen, is, he has a really good record. And you know, I want to talk more about the uh, whole entire, the rest of the team. You guys got such as James Neal playing the team. And, uh, you know, he has the most power play goals still in the league. Uh, actually, no, Pasternak does. Excuse me. You got James Neal, Zach Cashian, Nugent Hopkins, amazing player. And Darnell Nurse. There's just many people in the lineup that you'd think would make the Stanley Cup finals and just play very well. But then the goaltending just doesn't really come around. Yeah, uh, the offense is clearly carrying that team right now. 28 points, 13 wins, uh, 6 losses, and 2 overtime losses. They're going to be a force to reckon with. It's going to be nice to see them hit the playoffs. I'd like to see them do something more than just a one and done. Yeah, I believe the Bruins will be meeting them in a couple of weeks, so that'll be a really tough game for... Yeah, yeah, especially for a goaltending. This is where with you bring a player like Rask, you he needs to. That's just like his ultimate task. You got there's like two people on this team that will absolutely put in the net where you won't even know where it goes. Yeah. All right. So we just gotta we gotta keep it moving. We're starting to run out of time around here. Uh, I wanted to touch base about Don Cherry getting fired by Hockey Night in Canada the other day. Um, he said, "Quote: You people love our way of life." Love our milk and honey. At least you could pay a couple of bucks for poppies or something like that. These guys paid for your way of life that you enjoy in Canada. He went. John Cherry went on the Tucker Carlson show on Fox News and said he was fired for using the words, quote, you people instead of everybody. I, I get it. We're in a very hypersensitive time in the culture in North America. I can't. Obviously, this is a Canadian issue as well as a American issue. You know, he has at least one Boston Bruins great of Bobby Orr coming to his defense. Bobby Orr was on the OMF show on EEI yesterday saying, quote, he's not a bigot, he's not a racist. This guy is the most genuine, caring guy I know. What we've done to him, what they've done to him up there is disgraceful. It really is. And I agree with Bobby Orr on this. That, that that's a statement. I I read an article on the Athletic um, about a I forget the writer's name. Apron. I, I I apologize if I say that wrong. On why he for twenty years avoided talking about Don Cherry. Uh, I don't know a lot about Don Cherry's politics, and I try to keep my politics out of my everyday life. Uh, I think that's something that everybody should try to do. Yes, there's a time and a place to have those discussions. I think there might have been something more to him getting fired for just saying you people, but 
I can imagine the uproar of all the different ethnic groups that probably wrote in, called in, hockey night in Canada. Again, I don't really know what happened. I'm going to miss his crazy suits. I'm sorry. I have to say it. I'm going to miss his crazy suits. I'm going to miss him calling the Carolina Hurricanes a bunch of idiots for doing their storm surge. You know, he was a Boston's coach for five years. He had... Yeah, Bobby Orr played with him, too. Yep. He had 231 wins, 105 losses, and 64 ties for Boston. And he won the Jack Adams uh, Award as best coach in the league in the 75-76 season. So, yeah. unfortunately, I don't have much more to say for Don Cherry other than, sorry to see you go, bud. I'm going to miss those suits. Why don't you bring them down here every once in a while and show them off at the Bruins game for me, will you? Just come, yeah. come visit us down here just, just to see the suits. David Rodriguez, Tyler Scales, this is the Boston Bee Party. Check us out on Twitter, at Boston Bee Party 1. Let's, uh, let's go over the upcoming games. We have Toronto coming up next. Toronto is 9-7-4 with 22 points and have lost their last two games. Uh, Boston and Toronto have already played twice this season to a split. Each team, I believe, winning at their home. Uh, what do you see for this game? What does Boston need to do to get their heads out of their asses? And yeah. what do they need to do to keep Toronto's heads yeah. up their asses? So the first thing i got to mention is we're going to be playing with John Tavares this time. Yes. As you may know, he was injured. Was he injured them. for both games? Injured for both games. Yes, he had a broken finger, I believe. Uh, so this time he will That's be right. on the ice. And I see Boston actually winning this game. I believe, yes, they will get their heads out of their asses. So, And I believe Rask will play again. Where I believe he'll get his head ahead of his ass out of it after his terrible games he's had. This is the game where we need to, to prove that we are still here, that we are still a good team, that we haven't gone down the hill yet. We're gonna start climbing back up. This is the game where I believe we'll begin a good bro winning streak again. Yeah, I, I, I think this is gonna be a, another good game. Boston and Toronto play each yeah, other quite well. Yeah, I said well. this would be a three to two game where we would win. I think it'll be a close one because I know. You got guys like Austin Matthews and John Tavares getting some good goals in there. But I think Ras will play amazing this game. And if he doesn't, I'll feel like a fool again. Don't make <laughs> well, me do it. Don't that, maybe... That's all right. We could, we should all feel like fools every once in a while. Uh, I'm looking at their leaders. You got Austin Matthews, 13 goals. Mitch Marner with 14 assists. I believe Mitch Marner is out. I don't think he's going to be playing tonight. Uh, I think he got injured and he's on IR. Uh, we can take a quick peek and figure that out. Um Austin Matthews, 26 points. Frederick Anderson, nine wins. They they pulled something a little strange the other day. They took a they had a, a a loss. I think it was a bad loss, and they took their backup goaltender and they put him on waivers to bring someone else up, mm. as opposed to saying, "Well, our defense has sucked for years up here in Toronto. Let's just blame the goaltending." Kind of reminds me of the Tukaras stuff. Mm. Only the team just. I think they I think they sent them down to their AHL team. I'm not 100% sure on it. I think it's called the Marlies. Yeah. Yeah. But is that really is that really the way to go? You you lose so no. you you kick this guy into the can. And I'm I'm looking at a picture here of their uh general manager Kyle Dubas. Uh guy looks a little creepy to me. That's all. Like me. That's all I'm going to say about him. No offense Dubas. Um you're lucky I didn't mispronounce your name and call you a dumbass. So, uh, let's see. Mitch Marner, I do believe, is out. So mm, That'll be pretty big with him out. I mean, he is a he is a point maker. So, and him and Austin Matthews, I believe, are an amazing line together. So, 
Yeah, I mean, they've had their struggles. Um, Tavares and Marner, I think, are on the line at one point, and they were having a hard time getting going. Let's move on to the Saturday night matchup. Back home against Washington. Washington, 32 points, leads the league right now. Uh, 14 wins, 2 regulation losses, 4 overtime losses. Uh, they won the other night for their yeah uh, their win streak to yeah. be just I'm going to be honest here. I'm going to think Washington will take this game 5-3. to three. Yeah, I don't know what it is about Boston having such an issue with Holpe. They, they've had a real hard time playing against Holpe over the last several years, going back to the Claude years. I, I, I don't understand what it is. Uh, yeah, and you got players such as Alexander Ovechkin, amazing player, and John Carlson, one of the best defensemen, as we said. They currently actually have 11 points combined with the last five games they've had. John Carlson with seven, with uh, I believe five assists and two goals, and that's really good for a defenseman to play like that. It's crazy. And he's still top three, I believe, in points. Yeah, John Carlson, thirty points in twenty games. Twenty-two of them are assists. That's phenomenal. Ovechkin is next. Ovechkin is second on your team in scoring. That says something about how this player is playing right now. He absolutely deserved first star of the month for October. And I'm stoked to meet Tom Wilson of all people to play against. I, I know a lot of people hate him, but I actually really like him, in my opinion. That might surprise you. He's the Brad Martian of the Washington Capitals. <laughs> that's, that's one way. I think he that's, that's, he's got a little more toughness to him, I think, yeah. than Marshawn. And not to take anything away from Marshawn, because we didn't touch on the fact about the Detroit game, how Marshawn was the one who stepped up um, and got in a couple of scrums. He got in a fight the other night against was it philly or was it florida detroit i believe he got in a fight no, with somebody he, two games recently he stepped uh, up somebody took a bad hit in one of the last game couple of games and he stepped up and just he's the smallest guy on the on the ice right now especially with krug out injured mm. like well, where's everybody else I, I, yeah. I know you got bacchus and richie who are hurt but you got plenty of other bigger guys on the team you can't be affording to lose a guy like Marshawn yeah. for any extended period of time during a game. You need him on that line. You need him on the penalty kill. Him and Bergeron are probably the top two penalty killers up there anyway in the league still. So Yeah. Uh, Braden Holty, Holtby, 9-1 uh, and one this year, three overtime losses, 306 goals against. So the guy's beatable. He's got a... Yeah. Uh, 903 save percentage, De- definitely beatable. Yeah, but you still have the uh, forward players who know how to score. That I believe Rask. Yeah, I think this game happens like right after the Toronto game, so I think this will be a tough game for Rask. To yeah, play. They're, they're playing back to back nights in Toronto and then back home in Boston. Yeah, that, that that's going to be a definite win for Washington, in my opinion. I don't think Bruins have a chance for this. Yeah, I, I want them to win, of course, but I don't think they have a chance. Oh, yeah, I absolutely want them to win as well. I just, again, I, I don't know why they have such a hard time with Holtby. So, yeah. Coming up on Tuesday night, Boston visits New Jersey to play the Devils. The Devils are 5-8-4 with 14 points and have lost one. Boston saw New Jersey a couple weeks ago. A home opener, too. It was the home opener. I believe we beat the pants off of them. Yeah, I think we'll do it again at their home ice. I said six to three Boston. I believe Halak will play this game. You calling a six to three? I think actually Halak might be playing in Toronto. Mm. 
Um, I forgot to check that this morning, but I thought I saw something coming up about that. Um, let's see. New Jersey is last in the league behind yeah. Ottawa right now. Uh, last is, in the East anyway behind Ottawa. That actually Ottawa. is a surprise to me. Yeah, guys, yeah, guys like P.K. Subban on the team. But we look forward to media again. Yeah, I'm P.K. Subban. We talked about him earlier in the and year. Taylor Hall. And I want to talk about a specific play that happened, I believe, in one of the games. Yep. Taylor Hall gave up a goal, and which he... Which is he takes the blame for the most. He just passed it to one of their uh, play, one of the players. I believe it was against uh, the Oilers. Okay, I I didn't yeah, see it. It was oh, it, I I remember the play. I know he you just, were critical earlier in the year about Kyle Palmieri giving a yeah giving and the now puck Taylor Hall's done one really similar. Um, I think that's a uh, that's a mental issue that needs to be addressed in their practices. Yeah, you know, obviously if it, I mean. Palmieri and Hall are two of your bigger names on that team, along with Subban. But if that's some of the things you're doing, their goaltending is also not great. Yeah, and you um, know Corey Schneider is having a god awful year. No wins after uh, playing in six games. Oh, I never knew that. That's four fifty nine goals against average, eight fifty two save percentage. Mackenzie Blackwood is apparently their starter now. He's got a Five four and three record, two ninety four goals against, and a save percentage under nine at eight ninety five. So yeah, and you know, considering Boston's a little bit of a rest after their back to back games, I think this is the part where they practice a little bit on the most important stuff they need to work on. Yeah, but and I think this is where they'll play very good. If Boston should happen to pull out these next two games, Toronto and Washington, I would be concerned about this falling under the trap game again. Uh, yeah, this is another trap one you know, for me. You, get, you start to pull yourself out of the gutter, and then you shit your pants. So yeah, let's, and then same let's with hope the, that's not Same with the Buffalo happen. game that's coming up soon. I think, that's also, I think that will also be a trap game for me. Buffalo, let's, let's get over to that Buffalo game, because Buffalo started the season off like they were shot out of a cannon. We yeah. talked about them earlier um, losing two games against Tampa Bay and Stockholm. Uh, they are currently... Nine, six, and three on the season with twenty-one points, but have lost six straight games. Unless yeah. I counted wrong. Yep, uh, six straight, two in overtime, and or the shootout, and forced just losses. Yeah, they were, they lost what last night. Yeah, they have had no wins lately. But to I think the this Hurricanes is, in overtime. You know, it's same thing with Detroit. They were losing a shit ton of games, and now we have Buffalo coming out. I think this will be a Buffalo win, a three-to-two shootout win. As you all know. As you know, there we're bad in shootouts. We can't win it. So, um, and I doubt we'll. And you have guys like Jack Eichel on the team. They yeah. know how to score. So yeah, Jack Eichel has 19 points on the season, uh, leading the team. He's yeah. got eight goals, 11 assists. He's leading the team in those three categories. Yeah, I think New Jersey and Buffalo is questionable if the Bruins can win this. I believe Buffalo will win this game, and this is a trap one for the Bruins. Yeah, Carden, Carter Hutton, who I think I think he might have started off yeah, he five started and zero or six and zero. Uh, he he started off real good. He's down to six three and two. He decent goals against average at six at excuse me at two sixty two and a save percentage of nine thirteen. Linus Allmark, seven starts three and three 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 and one, a three twelve goals against and a nine fifteen save percentage. You know, not terrible goaltending. Mm-hmm. Much better than you've seen from them in the past. Uh, they have some good defensemen. They get Jimmy Vesey. People still love Jimmy Vesey. I, I don't see it. He's got two points still this year. Yeah, I focus more on uh, Rasmus Delaney, to be honest. Oh, yeah, incredible incredible young defenseman. Um, yeah, although he, he, as we see the right, stats, he hasn't played really well. 
he has a negative two and uh, yeah, plus minus and seven points only. One goal, eleven assists for um, like uh, eighteen games played. Rasmus, so that's not really good. Rasmus Ristolainen, uh, he's a little more disappointing for me with only seven yeah, assists on that, the year. That is disappointing to me as well. So, I mean, a tremendous amount of talent over here. Yeah, there's just there's <laughs> needs to be worked on. Vladimir Sabolka, <laughs> former Boston Bruin. Uh, Evan Rodriguez, by the way, is not related to me. I wish. Same spelling. <laughs> just throwing it out there. All right. Oh, that's... and Jeff Skinner too. That's another player. Jeff from the Skinner. Carolina Hurricanes. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good trade they made last year, I believe, to start the season. Yeah. So coming up, uh, if I'm making a prediction, I'm gonna say three zero and one. I'm gonna say they somehow pull off a point against Washington, but take the loss. I think the the Toronto game is going to be an overtime win, not a shootout win, an overtime win, and I do believe they should take Buffalo and New Jersey. That's my opinion. That's what I'm calling for the record over the next week. Your record, I believe, you said was. I said, uh, I said, Boston beats Toronto, Washington beats Bruins, Boston beats New Jersey Devils, and Buffalo will beat Bruins in a shootout. Ooh, okay. Yep. So you're saying uh, two one and one. Yeah. Okay. That's all the time we have for this week's version, uh, this week's episode of the Boston Bee Party. I'm David Rodriguez. With me, as always, is uh, my co-host Tyler Scales. Check us out on Twitter at Boston Bee Party One. That's two capital B's and a capital P and the number one. We'll talk to you next week. Love down at the point. Carried along. Good play. It's Clifton. Clifton holding onto it. His shot scores. Connor Clifton with a brilliant individual effort. Trapping the zone and making it happen. Boston within one. Solark turns to the forehand, finds Krejci at the dot. The shot scores! 109 into the game. Coyle dangles out high. Gostas Bear chases. Coyle throws it in, and Hyden spins the puck into the goal. The Bruins are halfway back. Bergeron sends Pasternak ahead with Marshawn. He scores! David Pasternak has his 16th. Number 47 for Boston. Both guys, five minutes each for fighting!